I'm not going to do like a little intro thing. Uh, I'm just going to pick up from where we're, we left off. Um, and we'll just start. Dang, dang, go right into it. Raw. Just go right That's into cool. it. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, kind of to jump back into what we were saying before, uh, we started the recording thing. You're, you, I asked you about the whole yammy noob thing, like yeah. Yammy, yeah. Yamaha. And, and the noob, because I literally was, I started writing for two months. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you started writing for two. I thought you did like the childish Gambino thing where you put it in a Wu Tang. You know, I like Yamaha I'm, and then I'm a noob or something. It just kind of combined for you. Yeah. That would have been really funny. No, it was, it was really like, it was literally a throwaway account. I made it because I was like, when am I ever going to put, like, I'm only doing this to show my dad the video. And I was like, I don't care about this account. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when you make a throwaway Gmail account. Um, but it's somehow it just stuck. But what's funny now is like, I've got nearly five years of writing experience. I've written tons of stuff and people are still like, this guy's a noob. You know, I'm like, well, we're all noobs, aren't we? Like, that's the point, maybe. <laughs> yeah, turn it into like, well, we all have beginner's minds. We all should keep learning, make it all educational. Yeah, but in yeah, reality, it's it's some super philosophical thing. <laughs> so you said uh, Brazil, like you're, uh, you, you started making videos to show, you said your dad, like, because they, they're crazy down there in Brazil, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. So in Brazil, yeah, yeah. So in Brazil, uh, if, if you don't know anything about the culture there and the community there, uh, obviously it's a much less wealthy country than the United States. So a lot of people get uh, 125s and 150s to get around the city and stuff. And there's also a really common uh, kind of trope in Brazil. It's called the Moto Boy. And basically, these are guys who are like doing like Uber deliveries and like other deliveries, and they're known for riding like really aggressively and really crazy in traffic. They'll like split through lanes and like hit mirrors and stuff. If anyone in the audience is Brazilian, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's the Moto Boy phenomenon. Um, and yeah, like he, that was kind of his perception of what motorcycling was, and so he just wanted to make sure I wasn't riding like that, and that's why I put up the video. Okay, so you you, uh, you said you had two months or something about. Uh, a writing experience when you got the Yamaha? Is that what you said? Some about like two months? No, so I the, fir the first video I posted was after about two months oh, okay. riding around. Uh, I felt like I was, you know, that, that was to me enough experience to put up a video on the internet. But I thought it would be cool just to show my dad that. And then also like anyone else looking to get a bike, I was like, hey, like, I just started out. It's not that hard, you know? Like, I'm just, I'm just doing my thing. And then over time it evolved. Oh, so you're like from you're from Brazil, like I'm, I'm assuming that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm Brazilian. I'm from Brazil. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's that I learned something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm fluent in Portuguese. Grew up in the household speaking Portuguese, and my entire family is down there pretty much. I'm actually going in uh, 12 days, going down there for a wedding. Um, and I, I, it was funny. I put up a story on my Instagram, being like, "Hey, like, please send me like Brazilian and Portuguese, like." podcast and videos because I need to brush up on my Portuguese because it's so rusty because I don't speak it as much anymore. Um, but yeah, you know, full-blooded Brazilian. That's cool. I, I, I seen that you've traveled like on your Instagram, you traveled to Europe. Um, I think what you met with Cardo in their headquarters and a few things. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I went out to Israel in March of last year and met up with Cardo and did a group ride down there and near the Dead Sea and stuff. It was it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty unforgettable experience. So you have no problem traveling places. Zero problem. Like you're you're perfectly fine I flying. Yeah, like I, I hate international flights, so I don't know, like I've gotten used to it at this point. But yeah, no no issues doing it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I I've never really Dude I'm I'm interested I'm interested though really Oh, really? Like, you've been outside. Of, you're in Arizona, right? Yeah, I've been to Mexico, but that doesn't count. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It gets right across the border, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Where have you been in the States, though? Um, just mainly the uh, the West Coast. I think the furthest northwest coast I've been was uh, middle of Oregon, 
Uh, I mean, California, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico. That's pretty much it. Um, it, it's beautiful out there though, man. Like that's, that's good. That's solid. That's why I want to travel. You know, I, I've mentioned traveling, uh, and meeting people and doing all that stuff because I've never really yeah, been. Yeah. So I need to head your way. Where are you, where it's, are you, uh, uh it's Texas really... area, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Austin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's not too far. That's not far at all. No, no, no. No. Well, I was going to, I was, I was going to tell you, like we were, we were talking, I think a couple weeks back about doing something together and like, I'm, I'm, you're in Tucson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tucson. Yeah. Like a, a flight to Tucson is, I think like, you know, not that, I think it's like two or three hours from Austin. So it's, I think we could definitely meet up and do something like IRL. And we, uh, we have Mount Lemon. We have a few places to ride that has good, uh, good areas to look at and take some photos and stuff. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I would think one thing that would be really funny is if we did like, uh, I'd like redid my basic rider course with you, like to see if I passed. <laughs> Cause I, I can guarantee you that I'd fail parts of it. Just like, oh shit, I put my foot down here. <laughs> I bet you I can't, man. That'd be fun. We'll have you, we'll have you go through the, uh, the basic rider course, see if you'll pass the test and everything. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think you'll do fine. I mean, you, you make videos on, on things that noobs need to know. So I figured you have Hopefully some research. I can pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with the the whole uh uh to go back even further, I mean I, I'm looking at an email right here that my first one that I sent you was August twenty eighth, two thousand sixteen. And dude, it was forever ago. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't know that we've been in contact for years. Yeah, like on and off. It's really crazy. I I mean I'm all like I'm like nine year I was I was I probably had like less than five thousand subs and and you had like 40 something at the time. I was like, hey, could you use this content? You know, please here, have some of this. And yeah, yeah I thought it was great. I was like, dude, this guy just gave me like a free video. Like, this is amazing. I was like, I'll definitely shout him out and push some traffic over his channel. It's been great to see you grow, man. Yeah, thanks. It's been, shoot, you've you've blown up. Like you've... Uh... Eh, I mean, it's funny. Cause like sometimes I like, I think in our little community, we're like, oh shit, like, you know, you're doing really great. You look at like big picture YouTube, like we're like small fries, bro. Like these guys are copping like, yeah, this, some of these people copping like 3 million views a video after like the first hour or something. I'm like, that's insane. You know? Yeah. So you but look I, at, I like you look at all them. the, you look at all the analytics and stuff. Like that's, that's one thing. Yeah. I, I'm like super deep into that. Yeah. You made a, um. I remember I was part of your newsletter a while back. It was, I, th I forgot what it was called, but it was basically one of those like video creators helping thing is like yeah, video, yeah, views try, while you I snooze try, or something. I don't know. I tried to do that for, I tried to do that for a little bit. The try to like help people build their YouTube channels. And I realized like it's better just to stick with bikes. Nobody really wants to learn about how to grow a YouTube channel. It's a little too niche, you know? Yeah, it's, it's super niche. Um, but I mean like you decided to want to help other YouTubers though. I mean, I think that's pretty cool with the knowledge yeah. that you had. Um, is that kind of the same stuff that you're adding to your, your videos now? I mean, not all of them are like, you know, buy a turbo Busa. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, here's, here's some fun stuff that we can talk about with, with new writers or even educational stuff. And like, here's new bikes coming out, but then it's funny. And, but here's the info, but it's funny. Is that kind of, what you're trying to do with the whole helping somebody else out, but bring in your own entertainment value to it? Or, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to figure out why you're doing it this way. Yeah, ba basically what I try to do is, I think the big mission statement of the channel is to like introduce people to bikes in a way that feels accessible, you know? Cause I think um, a lot of times, you know, people are not only like, you know, let's say at the point of search at YouTube, they're looking up a bike they want to buy. They're looking up, uh, dude, fucking pound that rock star. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I need it. 
I need yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, I just had my coffee. Um, so I think for me, like, not only are they looking up, like, hey, I don't want an R3, I want an Ninja 400, but they're also trying to figure out, like, do I belong to this community? Can I be a motorcyclist? Like, what is this community like, you know? Um, and I think for us, it's like, we have a sort of responsibility with an audience to show people that, you know, we're really accepting of anyone who wants to ride and get started. Like, one of the big things I have on my Discord server, for example, is to, like, massively try to make sure that no one is othered or feels like they're not part of the community. Cause like, I'm sure as you've seen on the analytics, it's like 97% males, overwhelmingly, you know, yep, you know, white, white usually. Yep. Um, and I just want to make sure that, you know, people who are maybe outside of that feel welcome in the community and feel welcome to join into motorcycling. I just want to like spread that message that it really is for everybody. Like it's just a, a you know a bicycle with a motor in it it's not anything special i mean it's special but it's not anything that's reserved for only one type of person so anything i can do to make it more accessible and fun for everybody that's kind of my thing yeah so the whole you i like how you said you have a mission statement and i'm assuming that's what's driving every piece of content that you do so i mean you yeah. could easily make like top 10 or, or bottom 10 YouTubers, motorcycle YouTubers, you know, and it, that would be something easy to do. And it'd be within the entertainment yeah. thing. Um, but it go, probably goes against, I'm assuming it goes against your mission statement of yeah. inclusivity. I want to bring people in. That's really good. Yeah, That's really good. Um, I, I have something very similar with my own set of mission statements and principles of how I do things, but uh, you don't see that a lot. You see just people trying to ride the trends. Dude, every, like, it's it's funny. The more you talk to other YouTubers, like, people are just flying by the seat of their pants. You know, like, I, I feel like a lot of guys don't have an idea of the type of content they want to make. They're just kind of posting things up because they they feel like it or they, like, kind of, it feels right. And there's something to be said about that, like, really authentic kind of, like, you know, I'm just a dude in my bedroom putting out videos. But I think also it can lead you astray if you don't have a clear vision of what you're trying to make, you know. I think uh, so. What's what's uh, what's your mission statement? Like, what what are you trying to do with the channel? I'd be curious to hear. Very similar to yours. I want people to feel inclusive. I mean, I have it's it's some it's up here. It's not on my walls yet, but uh, inclusivity. Um, I want beginner riders to know what they're getting into based off of safety and consequences of actually yeah. riding. Uh, to me, at the end of the day, you know, driving a car is probably the better bet. I mean, I think everybody knows it's more safe. And you're going to get from point A to point B and have stuff to be able to put in the back seat or in the trunk uh, compared to a bike. But if you want to choose to be a bike, well, now that you're in this world, let's go ahead and make it safe. Let's go ahead and make sure that you have somebody to connect with that can give you different experiences. And I'm basically at the end of the day trying to be that uncle that is like, hey, buddy, you know, my sister told me you want to start riding. Let's do it safely. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but everything kind of comes back to my experience as a firefighter EMT. And that's what I've seen is what I'm trying to prevent. And yeah. that's my direction. I don't want to see people get hurt at the end of the day. So, yeah, I, th I think you have a great perspective on it being a former firefighter EMT that you've been like, I think for most people, they might have had one or two crashes and they might have seen, you know, someone being a wreck. But like you, you saw this stuff like day in and day out. Right. Like, you know, how gnarly it can get and it gets gnarly yeah oh yeah yeah it's just uh me personally seeing stuff and then me taking like a grandma to the hospital or something and then i look down the the next er room and i just see blood on the floor people working this guy and i'm like what happened a motorcycle accident and i'm just like yeah. oh my gosh you don't see that with car accidents typically so i'm like 
no, doing, no, no. doing all that stuff. They're so safe nowadays, man. They got the crumple zones and the airbags. Like, they're really, really safe, honestly. I mean, that's not to say you can, like, chuck it into a brick wall and survive, but they're pretty safe. <laughs> you could do that in a car and maybe survive. You do that in a bike, you can't at all. Yeah. You will not, yeah. So with my... Uh, actually, there was a video you put out recently where you were, like, just, like, like you said, that uncle just being, like, trying to keep it real, where you were, like, hey, uh, this is super dangerous. Um, and that's something we don't talk about a lot, where I love the statistic. You're, like, it's 27 times more likely to be injured on a bike versus a car, right? Or something like that? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's uh, the fatality. 28 times chance oh, of fatality. fatality. Yeah. yeah, it's higher. I think it's 35, 35 times for an injury. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. insane. Uh, it's insane. It's, it's, that's sobering. You know, it's sobering to think that it's like that much more risky. Um, so I, I do like that you're kind of putting that realism into it. And, you know, that, that's something we try to push to. It's like, hey, like, this is a serious thing you're doing. Like, you got to be aware. You got to be, you know, focused on what you're doing because it can get really bad really quick. Yeah. yeah. So you, uh, based off of my, my little firefighter experience and where I come from and how I produce videos, and we're both principle-based, um, where, where, what kind of experiences do you bring? I mean, you say you're from Brazil, so you see those crazy riders, but um, do you have like something like a, you ever had a second job? You ever had a, like a real job? Because <laughs> you've been young doing this forever. <laughs> like, uh, what have you brought? Yeah, like so life I, experiences. Yeah, yeah. So uh, life experiences that I'm bringing. Um, so I ran the YouTube channel as like a side gig for quite some time uh i could have taken it quote unquote full time whatever that means uh like relatively early on but i am a, like weirdly enough i'm a pretty risk averse person when it comes to things like that i feel like i put a lot of my risk into into riding as we said it's 37 times more likely to cause just one vice i'll have one vice <laughs> i'll have one thing yeah and i'll just put all my stats into that one of them, one of them. <laughs> um so i ran the channel as a side gig for a long time uh but i used to work in like so i got an economics degree as I, I joke about on my channel sometimes and um i started working as a financial analyst for this really boring like travel management company i was like i wanted to kill myself i was like in a spreadsheet monkey all day in like a cube and i was like man this sucks so i did that for like six months and then i jumped ship to another job that was a lot of the same kind of stuff i thought it'd be different but it wasn't and then i jumped to another job after that that was a little bit better i started kind of getting involved more in like data analysis and that kind of stuff still kind of like you know crunching numbers um it was kind of like my thing and all, all the while the channel was kind of picking up and building up steam and i was kind of keeping an eye on it being like hey this could really turn into something this could be cool um and then through 2018 i got the chance to work at no sorry 20 yeah 2018 i got the chance to work at a startup which is really really like a really good experience um I got the chance to go out to California quite a bit and kind of meet with like really, really smart people. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you where like you're in a room and then people are talking and then all of a sudden you're like, damn, I'm like not the smartest person in this room by like that's, a country that's, mile. That's never happened to me at all. Never really? been No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's happened. <laughs> that's happened many times, man. That happens all the time. Yeah, so I, I was just surrounded by these people that I felt like were incredibly thoughtful, incredibly intelligent. I love their approaches to problem solving. And I think that experience, like, dude, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot that's helped me out in this year where I took the channel, like, super full time and yeah. just, like, really got into it. Um, and it just taught me how to, like, problem solve, really. Like, we used to have, like, these big whiteboarding sessions where we would, you know, kind of, like, tackle different problems. Um, it, was, uh, it was a real estate startup. So they were, like, kind of like a tech real estate company. 
Uh, I won't say who it was, but you could be like, if you do a Google search, you'll probably find like four or five of them and probably figure out like which one it was. But um, yeah, so that was really cool. And then uh, got the chance after working at that particular startup to work at another startup as well, much smaller, similar space, um, but it was a lot, lot smaller. And so the types of problems I was solving were like way bigger, um, like, cause there was only like, you know, 40 or 50 people at this company. And so the type of things we were working on, I worked in the marketing department. So we were trying to figure out like how to optimize our ads and how to make content, how to do a bunch of cool stuff, which really aligned well, well with what yeah. I do now. Yeah, I was um, gonna say. And then there was a point in 2018, it was towards the end of 2018, like the channel was starting to like really pick up some steam. I was like, holy shit, like this is like blowing up. My boss actually brought me into a room cause he knew that I was like really focused on the channel. And I mean, he, like, I was about to like, it was crazy. Cause like a month before that, like we were talking about like me being promoted, I was going to become like, you know, sort of director of this little, like, you know, uh, organization we had or whatever. And then he turned to me and he was like, Hey, I think you should go do your channel full time. And I was like, Oh, wow. okay. Oh. I was like, I was like, are you, are you firing me? And he was like, no, I, I think like you're a really thoughtful guy and I can see you have a lot of potential doing this. And I think it would be best if you just went and did that because i think you will regret it if you don't he was like you got a really crazy thing going on and i like you know how unique it is like not many people just have at the time it was like two hundred fifty thousand subscribers on the internet he was like you should definitely go try it he's like if it doesn't work you're a smart guy you can always come back to work yeah he's like maybe here maybe somewhere else and i was like damn that's crazy so really, if, if, if my former boss is watching this, which he might be, I don't know, but if you are watching it, you, that was a really pivotal moment for me where I was like, I should just go do this. And then I did. That, that's, that's pretty cool to have somebody that sees that and he's like your boss and he's like, hey, you're a bigger asset to what you're doing. I mean, you're a good asset to me, but it's like, go do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You don't find those people. No, Typically, they want to keep cool you. Yeah, they'll they'll try yeah. to promote you <laughs> to keep you. Is that when yeah. uh, you decided to start uh, adding people to your team? Because I, I think that's one of the biggest things, like that a lot of YouTubers don't do, and I barely started doing. I barely got an accountant. Like I, yeah. I barely have that, and yeah, yeah. it's huge. I didn't realize how much that would help me out just having an accountant. So I can't imagine having an editor. Uh, I mean, shoot, I don't even know what you have. What, like, do you have, like, what kind of team do you have around yeah, you? Yeah, so I've got uh, a full-time employee that works for me. Uh, his name is, he goes by Spite. You, you've seen him in the videos. He's the, he's the big guy with the, with the beard. That's a lot more hair than I do. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're having that problem. Dude, yeah, we, we got that problem. Like, I, haven't, I haven't shaved <laughs> in a minute, but we got that problem. I have my hat um, just in case I needed my hat, but... <laughs> Yeah, people always just chime in. It's like, oh, fucking Chrome Dome, you know, this and that. Like, <laughs> and then you don't want to get self-conscious. You're like, man, shut the fuck up about my hair. Um, but yeah, so I've got I've got Jake. He's a, he's a full time with me, and then I've got another guy called Nick who helps uh, research and write a lot of the videos because um, a lot of the lists we do require a lot of like back end like research about you know which bike is this, the price points, and all. So he helps out a lot with that. Uh, and then I've got. Um, a like sort of customer support person that helps with the uh, website and helps with like the Discord and stuff. So she'll go in and like answer like emails that people have about like their subscriptions and all this stuff. Because we moved away from Patreon, yeah, we're on our own yeah. thing now on our own website. I still need to switch to your website. I haven't done that Dude, yet. Dude, that was man, that was like a two month like oh my god, talk about like not having time. Like you know, on these calls, these developers trying to figure out a website. That was crazy. It was worth it, but that was crazy. So I got uh, her. I've got the accountant. I've got a tax person. I got a legal person for like back end stuff. Um, and I think. 
that's it as far as people who are like actually in in the everyday type of stuff so for the difference between probably i think back in 2016 when i emailed you versus now um has it made your life easier or has it just flipped things around but it's still as hard but things are just you see oh it's it's made it it's made it phenomenally easier because like you said even just having the accountant once you can offload the mental load about thinking about certain things you just free up the ability to like think about other stuff and make content and think about what it is that you're good at you know um and I realized that like, it, it was actually really humbling because before I brought on my, my editor and the, and the writer and the researcher, uh, I was very precious about my content. I was like, only I can make this. Only yes. I know how to edit these, these videos. Yes. Only I know how to write them. Only I can be in them. Like, the, you know, it, it can only be me. But then like the first video we put out where someone else edited it and it did just as fine or even better. I was like, oh, like I'm not special at all. Like my ability to edit is not special in any capacity. Yeah. Um, um, and it was really humbling, but also really great when I realized that. I was like, oh cool, Like that means that I can now pay someone else to do this and I can focus on making even better content. You know, yeah, so, it, so it's great, man. I, I would say if when, whenever you're able to, get an editor, because it makes an enormous difference. An enormous, enormous difference. That's that's kind of a, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I was like, only I can, I know how I edit, but then I realize there's better editors. There's somebody else out there on top of freeing the yeah. time. But it's, the hard part is finding, finding somebody. Um, oh yeah. I found yeah, yeah. somebody to, to do the research on some topics and wrote out something. And, and it actually like the amount of research I would have had to do it, it freed up a lot of that. I mean, I still had to yeah. film it. I still had to do that. I mean, in 20 minute filming turned into an eight minute video, but it's, it's still different and it worked out really well. And for what like my level is, I think that's what I can do. But man, uh, having an editor that takes up my whole time, like editing just forever and ever. Yeah. I, yeah. I used to, I used to call it being in the dungeon, you know, where you're editing right here. Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, in the literal dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> I should put chains on this fake brick wall. Uh, that, that might get a little. Yeah. Candy yeah. Candy. Oh yeah. Never mind. I won't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Man. So editing. So you got a full team around you. You have, you have, you have to pay them. You have uh, employees. I do have, I do have to pay them. Yeah, I, I yeah. wish I was white, but I do have to pay him. <laughs> no, that's cool though. I mean, because you're you're responsible. I mean, you're you're the face, and then you're the uh, I, I guess talent. Because I mean, you're you're reading it. Yeah. You're 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 giving your own personality into it. I mean, how do you feel now though? I mean, like you have that team. So I just said you know you're the talent. But how do you feel? Where do you fit in in that little circle? You're not the editor. You're not the researcher. You're not customer service. Like who are you now? Yeah. I want to know because I want to know what I have to be. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my main uh, objective right now is to one, be the face of the channel and the brand of the channel. Um, You know, I just try to present myself in the best light possible and the best, you know, way to add to that inclusivity and that mission statement. And then two, I really feel like the people on our Patreon or Discord or website, that's where my biggest value is. Like those people have very graciously opened up their wallets, their time, like have decided to support me on this like next level as opposed to just like watching a video or just clicking like, you know, they've decided that they want to really commit to the channel. And I, I feel like that's, it still like humbles me to see all those people in our Discord server and you're in there, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. And- I like it. It's fun in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just want to, you know, give most of my time to those people. And I feel like, you know, I just try to be in there as much as possible, answering questions, being active and, you know, in there with people and just 
you know, letting them know that I'm a real dude and I'm here and you know you can talk to me and I'm on the Discord server and I feel like that's where my highest value is added. I th- I think that uh, that's a huge thing. Like I I it's not necessarily about my growth of my channel uh, being community based, but the moment I stopped caring about you know the trends and the analytics as much, I and I focused on yeah. developing a community. It just so much growth but then at the same time i actually get to see who i'm interacting with not a number and yeah, yeah. discord made a huge difference um with that um yeah. patreon also but are you able to focus more on the community now that you have more of a team yeah, I, I think that's absolutely. probably one of the biggest things then yeah i'm just trying i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, picking just... your brain trying to figure out <laughs> I, I will say, like, I had a similar thing where, I mean, I'm almost, I'm always mindful of analytics. I check in maybe, like, once or twice a week. I used to check in, like, every day, but now I check in, like, once or twice a week um, just to make sure things are kind of flowing smoothly. Um, but I, to your point, I really feel like when you focus less on the numbers and more on people, it makes everything so much better. Um, it's just, I feel like the the numbers and all that are a function of how much you help and give value to people, you know? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so whatever you can do to like add to your community on your Patreon, whatever you can do to help them, like, cause I feel like the people who support you on there, what would you say they're like kind of looking for? What do you think they want from you? You. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've done little polls and, and I've tried to figure out what they wanted. And a lot of times it just, it's really interesting. It comes back as I just want to support you. So you keep making videos. It's like you make what you want to yeah. make, and that's really humbling. So I mean, seeing these people, not necessarily just on Patreon, but on Discord, everywhere, they're like, "Man, just keep doing what you're doing. I like what you're doing," and you see that all over. Um, yeah. But especially from the diehard people in, in Discord and you know the groups and Patreon, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I, I we mentioned a little bit quickly. I I bought two task cams because of your review back in the day about having a task cam and this is actually i have th- i had three i lost one um you but just flexed on me i have one just you saying see how do you want to see how beat up mine is <laughs> look at this look at the back of this oh you had to tape it yeah i had to tape mine too these things I got fall the off tape. i got the velcro it's this has been with me through everything dude everything that's awesome and, and i i bring it up not just to flex on you because i know i have more than you but um <laughs> dude they're different colors you have more i than know Damn. i had a black one and now i got these uh, and you got the you got the pro gaming chair too. Like you got it all, man. Like I I gotta be like you, bro. To well, this was given to me from a subscriber and supporter. So I mean, what? like yeah, they uh, cool. they're very supportive. They saw me sitting in a chair that wasn't very comfy, and he's like, "Here, have this." And I picked it up, and I was like, "Oh wow, thanks, yeah. man." No, um, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I got a I got a stool right now, and then behind the store is just like a shed. It's, it's all <laughs> it's all facade. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this is like my little office, my little room. I still have nothing on the walls trying yeah. to figure out what I'm doing. Um, but I, I, yeah. I brought up the task camp thing because I I tend to pick out, and it's not necessarily, you know, if somebody's topic of the video is this is a review or whatever, that's fine. You can see that all the time, and it kind of goes back to a lot of your uh, list videos. But when I saw you do this, um, you started putting out some really practical reasons why to get it not necessarily hey buy this it's going to make your audio better um you talked about how yeah you can use it for voiceovers you can use it for this you can use it for that and it you were like the first one to use an external audio recorder um outside of like you know the gopro attachment so i I just i just saw the path that you were going and it just reminded me of 
of uh, what you've been doing, man. I just, I mean, I got these different, you got a crazy influence over people when it comes to your, how you talk. And I think that's really Yeah. Cool. It, what's, what's funny is the Tascam kind of came about uh, out of my love of uh, making music and audio production. So that's something I don't mention a lot on the channel, but like, that's like probably my biggest passion in life is just like making weird sounds with like different, you know, pedals and synthesizers and guitar and all that. I've been doing that for like 15 years. Um, and it's like my favorite thing to do. And like the Tascam, I, I just know a lot about audio production. I was like, oh, I don't want to use the GoPro. I want to use like an external one because it's going to sound way better and it's much more flexible. Um, and it was cool that I was able to make that video and, and help people with it because I feel like a lot of people use the external recorder now. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. And I, I've been pushing it ever since I got it. And it's for the same reasons. Sounds better, it's more flexible. You have complete control over it, separate audio tracks, all these yeah. different things. Um, but I, I just like the principle behind why you picked it. Um, yeah. A lot of people just Thanks. say, well, do it because, you know, this is a cool, fancy thing. Here's my affiliate link. You're literally like, right. this is why I like it. This is why you, you might like it. And if you don't, then cool, stick with the the GoPro stuff. But it really transitions yeah. through all your videos. I see that. Um, I, I really do. I mean, I know, like I said, you don't push the Turbo Boost as a beginner bike. You really, it's it's a joke. It's a joke, everybody. It's not yeah, something. Yeah, it's a joke. It's yeah, a joke. Watching like, please, thing. please do not buy a regular Boosa or a Turbo, Turbo Boost yeah. bike, bro. You're yeah. Like, like, that's not a good news. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it, it's a joke, but I mean, like, all the stuff that you actually put out, like, you can tell your voice changes when it comes to more serious like you do the entertainment yeah. and then there's info. Once it gets the info, I can tell the voice change and that's stuff I pick yeah. up. And I, I think a lot of people pick that up, but I just think it's cool that you, you have a, you can almost feel your body language change during your videos yeah. and, and the principal base. Well, thanks. It's funny. I've, I've seen some comments of people being like, Oh, he should put like a disclaimer that, you know, you shouldn't get a turbo boost as your first bike. But I'm like, I kind of think more of my audience than to put a disclaimer. I feel like, you know, my audience has at least enough intelligence to know that that's a, obviously a joke and a bad idea. And like, to be honest, part of me feels like if you genuinely think getting a Turbo Boosa is a good starter bike or an R1 or something like that, um, that's, I don't think I'm going to be able to convince you otherwise. That's, that's yep. a tough, tough, tough spot. spot to be in. You know? Yeah. So. And that, that goes back to the comments, man. I, I can't. I have oh, a tough. Uh, I don't even know if I should bring it up, dude. Uh. dude it was no, it was it was fun because you know you put out that video recently uh, with you know talking about our stuff, the seven things new riders do. And honestly, when I saw it, I was like, oh shit! Like he's gonna roast me. Like he's you know I, we we messed up or something happened. I was really glad when I watched it. It wasn't like that. It was just like a. I thought you did a great job. You kind of went through point by point. I love the thing you said about the wheelies. You're like, I'm not even touching wheelies. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, but, speaking, but speaking of the comments, like I, you know, I normally wouldn't do this, but I, I liked going through the comments on your video because it was about us and just kind of like addressing some things that people were saying about the channel and the brand um, that I felt were like a bit unfair. And I wanted to kind of, you know, kind of jump in there and try to, you know, ameliorate that. And I wouldn't say save my reputation, but just try to like manage my reputation in the comments a little bit because, um, you know, it, it does get a little bit rough because, again, like like you said, some people think that the the turbo boost i'm being serious about it or some people think that i have like you know i'm too goofy to be giving serious motorcycle advice or but what i like what you said where it's like there's a place for all that stuff the internet's a big place like there's a place for serious motorcycle safety stuff there's a place for goofy motorcycle stuff um so i think you know it's not a zero-sum game no and 
the one thing I really like, and I mentioned it in the video, is the infotainment. And when I'm looking up uh, learning models and how people are, you know, associating certain things with their real life, and that's kind of how I want to teach. Um, I'm really it, it all, a lot of it boils down to making it fun for them, making them want to learn. And especially as adults, adult learning principles, I mean, they have to want it to be able yeah. to learn it. And if you can catch their attention for, let's say, a top 10 list and you catch their attention easily for the first five, I mean, you just taught them five things. I mean, even yeah. if they don't stick through it, I mean, they, they learn five things because they're having a good time. And I, that's what I really like about what you're doing. And you're focusing on certain things that people will look up because they're like, I want to buy an R3. What about this? What about that? And you made a list about it. Yeah, and yeah. they hear the fun stuff and then they s still see some stats, but then it's fun and we're off to the next tip. And I think that's yeah. really good. I like that. And I would like to incorporate more of that. But then I also noticed that that's your personality. And if I try to do something that's exactly like you, it's not going to work. So I just kind of yeah. stick with. But I, but I think you have, you know, uh, quite a bit of that flair to you as well. I can see there's like a nugget of like, you know, wanting to have fun. Because you mentioned that in your writer courses that you teach, like in person, you, you do a lot of that more fun stuff. And I'd love to see that come through in your content more. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it all boils down to being still shy on camera. If you notice, I keep looking down and everything like really? that. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, oh wow! I have to I amp up. That. I have to amp up. <laughs> um, I mean, I talk a little bit about it back in my older mental health vlogs, um, but it, it really is. It's like, it, really, it's you're putting yourself out there. I mean, I have a hundred thirty yeah. something thousand subscribers, but I still get couple hundred thousand views a month so i mean I, I i feel that you know i feel those eyes oh yeah and yeah, yeah. it's rough that's why i brought up the comment thing it's like man sometimes uh one bad comment can just be like oh fuck gut punch you know yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like what do i do do i strides in effect do i bring light to it? it yeah it? yeah it's like that's tough. One thing that's really one thing that's really helped me with like the negative comment stuff is uh one it's recognizing that you know, our, our monkey brains are kind of wired to think like, you know, you see a sea of, po you can see like literally hundreds of comments being like, you're the best, this was awesome, thank you so much. But you see that one bad one, you're like, you, why aren't you like the others? Why don't you like me, you know? Uh, and we just want to try to convince hearts and minds. But then I also kind of take a step back and I'm like, if I only reply to the negative comments or try to like fight somebody on the internet, I'm gonna look bad because then people looking at me you know, they see that I don't pay attention to the positive ones. I'm only going after the negative ones. So I've had to really kind of, I'll do this all the time, man. Like I'll write up a response to a negative comment and I won't, I won't hit post. I'll look at it. I'll think about it. I'll let it simmer for like a good two, three minutes. And I just delete the whole thing. And I just don't, don't get back to them, you know, because it's so tempting to just be like, you know, trying to rip into people because they said something negative, but it's so important in my opinion to not engage with those people, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and you what, probably, do you, what do you what do you think? I'd be curious to hear. I, I feel the same way. Uh, I don't write it out. I I just I almost want to be like, okay, I'm gonna click this little three button thing and hit hide user from channel, <laughs> and like that I'll, I'll be good. You know, I just yeah. I, I don't want to delete the comment, but I also don't want that negativity there because going back yeah. to what I, why I do it, I want people to feel inclusive. I want, but then I'm also hiding people, so I'm like, ah, I can't be doing that. Yeah, yeah it's tough. So I just wait for the next five good comments to pop up and get rid of that one. <laughs> so it, it's tough. It really is. Um, and yeah, on man. top of it, it's it's I'm trying to teach somebody 
how to do like a U-turn or situational awareness. And you do get those people that come in that are like, oh, you're wrong. This person said this, or uh, I'm from this background. I'm a police officer of 47 years. And then they say some weird things. And they're like, I have more experience than you. I've never crashed, never died. I wear nothing but a t-shirt and oh dude those honestly like nothing gets under my skin more than the people who are like i've been riding for 20 years i've never crashed i'm like that's to me that doesn't mean anything you know what i mean to me that means that either you got really lucky or it means that you you know maybe you just maybe you literally just rode one time per year and you didn't crash in 20 years you know what i mean like that doesn't mean anything to me like how many miles you put down the saddle how many how many times you put yourself in a situation like on the track or on a trail that you were pushing and having fun like for me personally this year I probably dropped or binned my scrambler a good seven times. You know what I mean? Yeah, like on yeah. Trails, and I, went I saw that. I with it. Like, I, dude, I was binning that bike left and right. And people were like, oh, my God, it's so pretty. Don't do that to it. And I'm like, man, screw it. Like, it's my bike. Like, I'll bin it if I want to bin it. And then the other day, I low side of the RC on the track. Like, I feel like if, if you are of the mind that you like riding and you like evolving with it, you're going to have some spills here and there. You know, so to me, those guys that are like, I've never crashed. I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me, man. Yeah, and they, they just... It, it's really weird how they say something. There's been times where I'll say something nice back to them after they say something mean like that, and they're like, "Oh, he responded. Oh, hey man, I really like your stuff." It, it's just you like got, this you gotta flip. you gotta love that one, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's some times where I'll respond something nice, and then they want to keep it going, and I'm like, "Okay, then I won't say anymore." But um, yeah, that's kind of how I deal with them. Sometimes I'll just say something nice, or they'll be like, "I found somebody on a different video." Uh, uh, I commented on somebody else's video and they responded underneath it. And they're like, you know, if you do a crash video on this, I'll unsubscribe you. And I'm like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. Anyways, um, comments are weird. Why? Well, uh, I, I am, I am curious though. You mentioned how, you know, somebody would chime in and say, you're doing this wrong or this and that. Um, there's a guy that I think he actually, he actually put out a, a bit of a response to how he used to do this a lot. I, I think, you know, him. his name is fast Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had you. I don't think you guys had some kind of beef, but there was something where he was saying you were doing it wrong, or you said he was doing it wrong. Yeah, uh, do you, you want to talk about that? Yeah, we, we could talk that. about that. Um, we could talk about that. So I a little back. You're, here. you're like, I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get out of this one. No, <laughs> and, and it all goes back to my principles. You know, I I, I right. want it to be inclusive, and and I've never even people crashing. I don't even talk bad about them. Um, yeah. the main thing is what can we learn from this and remove what's bad? And, and that's how I interact with people, but a little backstory on him. Um, we, mean, we did two meetups. Uh, the first meetup, I was mm-hmm. not an MSF instructor. I was not whatever. I was just doing my videos and I was like, man, this guy's really good. Like instructor wise. And it actually motivated me to become an instructor and take a bunch of classes. So that's what the good I take out of this. Um, the second meetup, I kind of didn't like how things were going. With the second meetup, I felt like, you know, I wasn't really supposed to be there type of thing. And I had a little bad taste mm. in my mouth. But nothing, nothing, I, I didn't say nothing. And I just kind of let it go. We we're still doing our stuff. And uh-huh. then I made a video uh, going up Mount Lemon. And it was a ride along with Dan and the fireman. And I was talking about how you don't need to get your knee down on these turns. It's only 35 mm. miles an hour. The main thing I is totally to focus agree, on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was focusing on the safety part. And I actually brought up the knee down thing. I said it in the videos because MC Ryder mentioned you don't need your knee down. I was like, yeah, I agree with him. Didn't like it. Uh, Fastly didn't like it. Um, And we had a little thing on private messaging, uh, our own text messages. I left it at that. 
I absolutely yeah. left it at that. And then he brought it up in other videos, um, and I left it alone. I maybe let it slip during a live stream that mainly you don't want to do your knee down thing. I never mentioned names, but it's kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, but recently he, he, uh, messaged me out of the blue and he's like, man, I'm sorry, this and this and this. And what I see is personal growth on that. And I just say, Hey, yeah, man, that's great. Yeah. I was like, just let's keep, keep doing what we're doing. Let's grow together. We're both in the same niche and let it go. Let's all let it go. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, it was all over a knee down thing. I think the, I don't want to speak for him, but I could kind of put myself in his shoes that maybe the ego kind of got in there, you know, with the whole sea of positive comments type thing. Totally. Yeah. And he's doing a good job. I mean, he's got books and everything, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he is, uh, I, I'm not too familiar with this content to be honest. I think I've watched one or two videos. Um, but unfortunately I've heard a lot of his stuff through the grapevine. And so I think I want to go and see like what his content's really about so I can form a better opinion. But to me, it seems like, He's doing a good job, you know. He's he's very much about like low speed bike control, which I'm I'm all about too. I think that's great to have really good control over your bike at low speeds. Um, he uh, there was a video he put out that was confusing. I think he took an X1000 single R on like a go kart track, and I was like, that's that's one way to do track day, I guess. Like that's a lot of bike for such a small track. That's the one thing that I was kind of confused by. But I, again, I think he's much more about that kind of like you know proper control and you know that kind of stuff. But yeah, back to your point about dragging knee on the street, man. I could not agree more. Uh, the more track days I've done, I've done about like 27 track days this year. I'm, I'm getting close to like Damn. expert level rider or like higher intermediate rider. I'm getting up there, yeah. But um, yeah, I put, a, I put down a lot of miles on the track this year. But one thing that I've learned from a lot of the fast guys that they're just like, you know, the knee down thing, it looks cool on camera. And, but then really, when you look at like the really fast guys, they're barely ever touching knee. You know, they, they might they might scuff it here and there a little bit, but they're so much more focused on the line and carrying speed and throttle and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I could not agree more, especially on the street, man. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, when you have cracks in the road, a rock, you hit your knee, you get your knee puck into a crack while you're trying to turn. I mean, that's yeah. just... It, I never thought it was something important for street riding. I, I, I thought the whole body positioning and getting the bike more Super upright important. is very yeah. good, but the whole, let's get the knee down too, is we don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's doing, he's doing his good stuff. I, I like what he does uh, more on what his type of content is, is, is definitely that low speed stuff, but then he's very talented. He's, he does a lot of track days. He does a lot of supermoto days and stuff. Oh, cool, and yeah. I, I think the where he's coming from, cause the conversations I've had with him is that uh, with more experience, you have that little section like from the bottom up where you actually use on street. It's good to have all these extra tools. And I think mm -hmm. he's just going out grabbing different tools and then showing his viewers. So I think that's beneficial. He does his thing. Absolutely. I'm not as good writer as him, so I'm not going to even try. It's kind of like with no, your... Yeah. No, yeah. I've I've seen some of his videos doing like the crazy parking lot. I'm like, I could never do that. <laughs> like, I know I can't, you know, but um, I think it's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, kudos to him. Uh, just like with your entertainment thing, I can't mimic your personality. I'm not going to mimic his expert writing skills. I, I'm going to find yeah, yeah. what I'm at. So you said 27 track days. I'm actually, I'm interested in that. 27 yeah. track days? Yeah, about Holy 27. Uh, all di um, all the same track or different tracks or uh, like no I this this year this yeah no this this year so I probably rode on five different tracks and I did the California Superbike School which was really cool I learned a lot there uh, and I've got two memberships at two local tracks here so it's up at Eagles Eagles Canyon Raceway in Decatur and then Harris Hill Raceway here in Austin 
Um, if, if anyone's local, they'll know what those are. But, uh, and then I did a day at Road Atlanta with a couple of my guys from the Discord server. They brought out a couple bikes. We uh, did, like, if you, Road Atlanta, could not recommend it highly enough. Easily one of the most fun tracks that I've ever been on. Um, it just connects really, really well. And you, you get, like, you know, a really good sense of pace through it. It always feels like you're flying through corners, even though, like, it was my first time there. I wasn't going super fast. But it has this sensation uh, between the elevation changes and the way the corners, like, link together that you feel like you're just hauling all this kind of ass. It's a lot of fun. And then the back, the back straight's like literally, I w it's not as big as Coda, but the back straight at Road Atlanta is enormous. And I was on an RC8R, the KTM Superbike, if you know it. Uh, a and little bit. That's yeah, things yeah, you know so more about bikes with all your research. I just know like uh, helmets thanks, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the the KTM RC8R is uh, it was KTM's kind of like superbike that they made. So it's got this big like 1190cc V twin. Uh, it's, and you can kind of think of it as like a super analog, like Dugati Panigale from like the last generation before they made the V4s. So it's got like ass loads of torque, like no electronics. It's crazy lightweight. And so it just, it flicks in super quick. And then on the back straight, I think I hit probably like a good 160 on it. Uh, it's like a lot of Holy fun. Holy shit. A lot, a lot of fun. Shit. fun. Yeah, it's, it's a sweet bike, man. Uh, but yeah, so I did Road Atlanta, and then I just, you know, being a member at these two tracks, I can just go at my leisure and kind of hit, hit them up whenever they have an open day and just get some laps in. So that's kind of that's kind of where a lot of that number came from, is just going and doing member days. Okay. Um, part of that 27, is any of it like uh, like a class, like instructor-led? Like, I don't know how track days work, honestly. I yeah, kind of so... had an idea by wanting to register, but I have never been to one, so. Oh, you've never done one? Nope. Nope, never done one. Oh, I want to take my FTR damn. out, the big old heavy FTR. Go, <laughs> Hell yeah, you got to go. I saw a guy the other day at Eagles Canyon doing it on a KLR 650. Hell so yeah. Any, any bike goes, man. Any bike goes. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, so for your first one, if you do it with an organization, they'll do, like, classroom sessions and kind of teach you what things to look for. They'll kind of tell you, like, hey, you know, these are your reference points. I mean, it's similar to street riding, right? It's like you're looking for your apexes, you're looking for your reference points, your turn-in points. You're looking for, you know, smooth throttle, good body position, and just kind of like going with the flow of the track. And then you'll pick up the pace eventually. Um, but yeah, so your first session or your first day, you can do it through like Ride Smart or uh, I'm trying to think of what the organization would be out near you. But there's there's a, probably one. Yamaha Champion School's near me, kind of. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be a great choice. Awesome. Uh, and so they'll teach a lot of that stuff, but then uh, as you get more advanced, you know, you'll, if you become like a member at a track or something like that, you can kind of just show up and then like go with like other members and kind of like run the day. And, and you get to start working on your own personal stuff. But if you want to get like super good, I would recommend getting an instructor and like really doing a lot of classroom. Okay. Okay. Um, out of those 27 days and stuff, um, how, like, how does that feel when it translates to street? Like, do you, do you feel like you're just going to like a, like a shooting range? Like you're going to a shooting range. How does that translate to actually shooting a person if you had to in self-defense? Yeah. Like how does it track? Because I, I mean, I, I shoot because, well, between you and me, I shoot people all the time. Oh, okay. So to... you're an expert at this. So translate <laughs> it. No. No. <laughs> you hear sirens uh, in your background. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. FBI, FBI is like, stay where you are, right? <laughs> they join the conversation here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, for me, riding on the street after doing all those track days, it, um, I don't know, it just makes me like super chill on the street because like I feel like I know how far you can push a bike really. Like you can go really damn fast on the track and like really lean that thing over. And on the street, it much probably like how you teach your audience, it's like you just start seeing all these obstacles on like 
You know, there's no runoff, there's trees everywhere, there's cars, there's cracks, there's imperfections. And it just makes you wanna take it a lot more slowly. Um, I used to ride on the street way faster before I started doing so many track days than I do now. Um, like, I, I feel like now I ride ridiculously chill on the street because I there's there's nowhere to really have like a lot of fun. So that's kind of how it translates for me. Okay, so like it's it's so much more fun on the track that riding street is boring. I got it. I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you're not wrong. That's kind of how I view it. Um, I I kind of only ride on the street now to like you know go and make a video with one of the giveaway bikes or make a quick vlog. Most of my time is spent on track, really. Okay. So yeah, yeah I think that well, that's pretty cool then, because um, a lot of people think that if you go to the track you're going to get all these extra tools and all all the speed you know how fast your bike can go then you just you're just going to do it on the street but you're saying that yeah, you're like well the track is really you... nice and I'm I can push the limits there but not do it here because man I don't want to go that fast on this absolutely absolutely yeah cuz you know once you start pushing on track you'll have situations where you might run a little bit wide or you know like for example like when I low out of the RC if if I had done that on the street that bike would have been it would have been shot out into opposing traffic. I would have probably hit a guardrail. I would have probably hit a tree. So it just makes you a lot more situationally aware uh, when you're on the street. I would say. Okay. Have you Dude, taken? You got to go. Now. I can't believe I, you've I have never to. done one. You I know. I've, I've never done one. I want to do one. There's uh, the Champion Riding School. They do have track uh, instructor led stuff, and they're like the best. So um, I yeah. definitely want to do that. Yeah, I definitely want to. I definitely want. Max Riss was actually down here in Tucson. Or I guess we have a track down here. I didn't even know that. But he was oh, out cool. doing his thing, and I saw a video of him on Mount Lemon hauling ass, and I'm like, dude, I know that's a 35-mile-an-hour road, and there's an asshole sheriff up there. So I don't know if you got a ticket or not. Probably didn't post it, but, yeah, it's yeah. there's some crazy stuff out there. I mean, that's what I see, and that's what I think of when somebody wants to do a track day. They do that on the road, too, with their expertise yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I, I would really, if anyone's watching this and um, has not done a track day or anything like that, I would really encourage you to not take those skills that you learn on the track and apply them to the street because they don't really translate and it's very different because um, that's how you get in trouble, I think. Yeah, so do you, do you, you take the, uh, the mental aspect though. You're taking the, well, this is kind of where I can turn in safely and this is how I can keep my bike more upright. My braking skills are here because of all this. Um, do, you, do you take... Like, what's one massive physical skill that you might take? Like, I, I'd say you, vision. Vision? Okay. 100% vision. Um, the biggest thing that I've learned in doing all this stuff is vision is everything. Um, the further out you keep looking, the slower everything kind of becomes and the simpler everything becomes. Um, and on track, you're always looking for that next reference point, that next apex. And that really works well on street. If you're constantly looking as far out as you possibly can, nothing's gonna be that big of a surprise to you. You know, you might be, you know, you might see a car that's slightly pulling out of some neighborhood like a good 300 yards away. You already know it's happening. You're already, you're already aware of it as opposed to when you get there and then you're like, oh shit, and you panic break and then something happens, you know? I agree with that. That's what I've been saying this whole time. The whole having your mindset right, having good perception, field of view, all those fancy terms uh, yeah. that I use in class. Uh, but yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. I, I'm glad that you're not taking these I'm, I'm so much better now because of the track. I'll take these physical skills and haul ass on the street. I think that's Dude, no way. 
the wrong no way, thing man. to do. And it's almost impossible, yeah. like you said, with all the cracks, with the cars, and you know, bad yeah. everything. It's it's almost impossible. I think it's also a factor of just getting older too. You just you, you you approach risk differently. And for me, the risk of something happening on the street is just, it's just not worth it. You know, um, I just feel like it's just not worth it. Yeah. Well, I have, uh, I mean, I have a family, so to me, it's like if I oh, crash, yeah. I, I don't want that. Do you have, do you have a special anything in your life outside of motovlog or not motovlog? You don't do that anymore. I remember you used to motovlog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I still motovlog. I put up a couple of videos every now and then on the bike. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's the list videos. Do you have anything like that's making sure that you're staying safe and not necessarily someone special, but. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think for me, it's it's my family. Like you said, um, I don't have like a, a wife and kids and stuff like that. But I do have like a brother and an uncle and a, a bunch of people who care very deeply about me and who have been there for me when I've gotten into trouble in the past. And I just I don't want to subject them to that again. And I, I feel like subjecting them to me losing my life would be terrible. And so that, that keeps me in check, you know, thinking about those people. Well, I'm glad you're on the uh, desert sled crashing it. So, yeah. dude, yeah, I've, I've been that way constantly. <laughs> That's awesome. I saw when you first took it out, you're like, should I take this out on this dirt road? I'm like, yes, go take it out. Cause yeah. I remember taking my Harley off road and you actually yeah. have a bike yeah, that's yeah. purpose built for that. So, well, I loved seeing that video that you put out uh, cause you, you do the crash reviews, right? And I love, love yeah. the one you did of your own. And you're like, look at this moron riding his Harley out in the middle of nowhere, scrambling it. Like people are pissed least he's wearing, at least he's wearing foot protection but look how he bended into this bush i thought that wreck was great man i was like he, hilarious. people were pissed they're like oh you never talk what crap why are you talking crap about this guy and i'm like it's me i'll just type it's, Dude, me. it's me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i'm sure you've done something similar on your on your de uh, it's uh, a desert sled right or is it just a normal sled? yeah it's it's a no it's a desert sled yeah okay so it's i i always have to like stand in for it and like you know put up the good flight so it's it's a little more off-road specific than the regular scrambler so it's got like the the long travel suspension and the the 20 or the 19 inch wheels and the skid plate and the extended frame it's, it's got so it, like it's pretty capable it's no dirt bike like it like, still no. still weighs like 430 pounds it's still huge <laughs> but it can do some stuff you know yeah so you, that's like your your now thing right that's your that's your bike you don't you don't have yeah like, what bikes do you have uh, that's Outside oh, okay. of beginner so, bikes that you give out. Yeah. yeah, so we got we got the three bikes we're giving away right now. I won't count those, but my, my personal bikes that I'm not giving away. I uh, got the KTM RC390 for the track bike here at Harris Hill. Uh, then I've got the Desert Sled is kind of like my personal bike that I have. Uh, and then I've got the 675R. That's the other track bike at Eagles Canyon. Okay, so you straight up went like, you know what? I got track bikes, and then I got a bike that I'm going to screw around on and have fun. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know why I chose an expensive ass Ducati to screw around on and crash, crash. but like that's <laughs> perhaps a topic for another time because I make bad decisions. <laughs> no, that's cool. I, have you ever thought about because um, you got a team around your list videos type stuff? Do you have, do you ever uh -huh. think about getting a team around you to do like Saturday scrambler stuff like I used to, where you go out and you have like maybe a drone pilot, you know, following you. Anything like yeah. that outside of so so I'll, I'll clue you in on a little hint because I know that we're we're way into this and not many people will see it so it'll be okay so, so it, won't, it won't be a I'll just highlight it I I'll make a highlight <laughs> <laughs> so I am picking up in I think a week or two at the at the most uh, what I'm calling the Yami Noob corporate Hayabusa um, so I'm buying a Hayabusa literally just for the memes and shits and giggles uh, just have fun <laughs> with it. 
and that's going to kind of be like the bike we're going to start featuring and making those kind of that kind of content around because uh, now i've got spite doing it full time so he can come with me and like film some b-roll and shots off the bike and stuff so we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with that bike. oh my are you gonna get like custom like ghost paint where it's like changes colors bro, in the it's, sun? bro it's gonna be the most busa of boosas uh, that you can imagine <laughs> are you gonna stretch it out and get a longer tail end are you gonna, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna put a nice piece of plywood and stretch it with that oh, and then the underglow kit that's freaking funny um well yeah, i'm glad so you're finally getting working. one yeah. yeah it's it's a long time coming he's actually working on an all-over wrap that we're gonna do with like my face because i'm a horrible narcissist um oh. uh, so i took I took a bunch of photos of my face making a, like a bunch of stupid goofy faces and we have like an all over print of like my face and the like it's going to be funny man it's going to be great right you know there's going to be people taking that seriously thinking that that's what they have to do for a big bite you need to put yeah, a disclaimer I... before every hayabusa video you make now you know yeah. that's what the comments say so yeah i got to put a disclaimer and be like if you are a double digit iq person please read this carefully this is a joke this is a joke this is a freaking joke <laughs> oh my gosh that's that's pretty cool so that like is that your dream bike uh, i mean outside no, god, of me no, outside god, of me like oh my god no <laughs> no like i want i want to i want to say that so clearly that like i the hayabusa is just a meme like, yeah I, I think it's funny it's not my dream bike like oh my god you probably yeah. dream about it. But I'm going to lean into on. it. I'll be like, I mean, yeah, like who doesn't, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Well, then what is like, uh, I mean, the typical, here, here's a motor vlogger asking another person, like, what's your dream bike? Like, what is it the bike that? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, I think top of list for me, this is a bike I've wanted for so long. Um, do you know about the Honda CBX? Mm-hmm. I know the, the, C the CMX is the Rebel, but the CBX is, I don't know. So, so the, the CBX is a bike they made in the 70s. Yeah, you can look it up. Uh, it's a bike they made in the 70s and the 80s, I believe. And it featured a, I think, a 1050cc inline six cylinder. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of headers. There's a lot of... Yeah. And I literally only want that bike because of the sound that it makes. I've, okay. I've, like, I Once I found out about it, it just, it sounds so cool i it probably rides like ass because it was made in the 70s and the suspension is probably garbage and it probably doesn't handle very well it's probably it's not a modern bike you know but to me it, that's a bike i've wanted for forever um what else uh ducati 916 for sure, sure. okay as a, as, a, as a proud ducatista that i am now i just think it's one of the prettiest old school ducatis made um so that's definitely another one what about you what's what's one of your dream bikes tell me dude i got it i i was waiting for the indian ftr 1200 since seeing the uh, 750 out on the track and yeah. i've been talking about it for a long time and i took my bike off road with the saturday scrambler thing and i was like man i really want uh, a bike that looks like my bike but is more purpose-driven for off-roading type thing and mm -hmm. they came out with this and it's more for fire roads and dirt roads not necessarily off-roading but yeah 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 but I liked it. And I was going to get the Desert Sled. I really was going to get that. But I was like, man, I want a 1200 because I also want to yeah. ride around town and have my 1200, which at the end of the day, when I think about it, I mean, 1200 doesn't mean anything really. Um, your uh, your first ride video with the Indian was amazing because you were just so giddy. Like, like I could yeah. tell just how like absolutely, like unbelievably exalted you were by being on that bike. So I haven't I, felt I that you. way. Yeah, I haven't felt that way about any bike. So, I mean, yeah. other than that one, and then I guess the Indian Challenger, uh, the new Challenger, the 
the bagger bike that they have. That'd yeah. be something that I'd yeah. want to get for long distance or taking my wife around. But uh, whenever I think of like uh, what's my favorite bike, I think of what I'm going to use it for. You know, it's yeah. Then that's where I go. I don't really pick like some useless bike, like a Hayabusa or something. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty useless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess for me as well, like much like your Indian, like the six seven five R for me is is one of my like all time favorites. Do so you get giddy it's like that? My bone, so I must I must love it. Yeah, um, yeah, man. Every time I get on it, it's, I'm just like, this is the best bike. This is the greatest thing in the world. It makes the best sound. It handles the best. It's I love it. I love that bike. Awesome. We all need a bike like that. I think if somebody Absolutely. gets a bike and they don't like it, it's like, eh, it's time to get a different one or change it up. Yeah. What um I, I was gonna ask you actually so what what did you start out on and when did you start out I actually don't know that uh, November two thousand eleven I started out on that Harley like I okay. I went to the dealership my buddy had a, a an 08 Sportster and I went to the dealership I was like I want to get one like him and I literally got it yeah. and I didn't have an endorsement I've never ridden a motorcycle before I've only oh, sat wow. on yeah I don't I don't even think I sat on the bike until I bought it. Like, I just want this. It was wow. so stupid. Should never do that. Nobody should ever do that. Go to a Harley dealership yeah. and say, I want to buy one. Um, so I had it trailered what to the they, house. They, they, what, they sold it to you? Oh, they yeah. trailered yeah. it to you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they were going to let me ride it. But... Wow. Yeah. Um, I think it was just because I had my um, my driver's license and all that stuff. So, I mean, I didn't... Long story short, I just like, no. Did you have a beard <laughs> at that time? No, see that's maybe that's. Oh, okay. I don't know. I had a mustache. Well, I was gonna say because with the with the with the power of the beard of the yeah, some sort of facial hair. They're probably like, nah, he's he's good. He's good for it. He'll be. Yeah. Good. No, I, I definitely wasn't good for it. They trailered at home and <laughs> that night though, like it was at night. I finally got home at night and it was bike was there at night. I rode around the parking or not parking lot, the uh, neighborhood, because I already knew how to drive stick shift from my truck. So I was like, okay, well, it's just flipping yeah. the hands and feet. So I did that. Did 30, 40 miles inside the little cul-de-sac area like that's wow i was just constantly going back and forth practicing and that's kind of how i started and i was like a lot of new riders out there and this is kind of why i do what i do is because i just got a helmet and i didn't even get gloves i just wore regular clothes and i started seeing accidents so i started adding more and more then now training and then i'm like okay i'll talk about this and that's how kind of yeah. how i started so 2011 the very end of 2011 yeah, that's when so I started. So you had that riding. Harley, and then you, you had that bike just pretty I, much that was the only bike, or did you? That was my bike up until this, uh, I think, May. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I had the bike Damn. for a long time. Yeah. Well, now it's your it's your partner's wife, right? It's your wife's bike. Did you no, I, uh, or did you get another bike? I got her a bike. I, I traded mine in okay. for the FTR, and um, I got her a Rebel 500 and so she rides bike. that yeah it's it's a great bike absolutely love it that's why i keep saying it's a good beginner bike low seat height good mid controls i mean you can yeah. waddle around on that thing what what no, seven noobs do they waddle with it. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> they waddle around yeah they do. i i i don't want to get you that that scary feeling of oh crap what do you do when i make a video I definitely didn't want it. I was like, no, I don't want that. Maybe it came off, maybe the thumbnail where I put, wait, what? And I'm looking at you. Maybe that's what it was. But um, 
Yeah, well, it's, I think it's because I have, I have PTSD because anytime someone makes a video about me, it's normally negative. I think that's just my own bias. So I think that's, but that's getting better over time. Like I feel like now people that make videos about me are generally more positive or kind of more neutral. But for a while there, it was like pretty much only negative. And so yeah. I was like, okay, what do we do now? But I was glad to see it was different. Yeah, I, I don't want you to feel like that. Uh, the whole point of my video is um, mainly just to like you. You're the info, or I mean, you're the entertainment with a little info. And I notice a lot of people—not a little info. You have info, but I'm more so info, and then a little bit inter entertainment. So I just try to complement a little bit because you can only go yeah. so much before. I mean, you you can stay on one one tip for like four minutes, three four minutes, and you give everybody all the information, but then they're out of it. They don't even want to see the next six. So I see how you jump. Yeah more and and i just kind of did the same thing but flipped it where i talked a little bit more info with a little bit of entertainment so I, that's what i do yeah. i i don't i don't dog anybody or anything like that i don't think it's yeah. worth it yeah no you, i think you did a really good job even on the crash videos where someone like very clearly did something wrong or silly like you're pretty uh nice to them you're pretty forgiving of what they've done like which i think is great like there's no need to like bully someone on the internet for something silly they did you know and that, that really comes with the influence. There was, there was one video I saw where um, the dude, like, you think he crashed, and then, like, he got on top of the car and, like, kicked the windscreen, right? There was, I think I saw that one. Yeah. Like, what is this guy doing? And he was wearing, like, the Yeezys as well. I was like, there's, <laughs> there's so much wrong in this video, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Wow, bro. I covered that in, in a live stream, and I decided to make an actual video of it. And I knew already from yeah. the live stream it was going to get copyright claim from, like, Viral Hog or something. So... I oh, talked wow. about it, but man, yeah, he kicks the windshield. It's right in front of a police station. He's wearing Yeezys. He just got the boot off his bike. Unbelievable. I, that to me, it's like I could totally crap on this guy, but oh, it's, oh, it's amazing you didn't. I, like, I, people I, were I pissed. Watching, watching, and I was like, dude, how is he so forgiving? Like, wow, like you're on like some Zen level, like master. I was like, wow, he's so nice to this guy. I thought it was great. I yeah. try. I try. And it goes back to <laughs> it goes back to those comments, you know, like I don't like that one yeah. bad comment. Why would I make a video? And then on top of that, I actually had to delete a few videos because my first few because I didn't put in the description where the original link was. I didn't put originally a disclaimer saying, "Hey, I'm going to be checking your comments on this video. If you say anything derogatory, I'm going to remove you from my channel." But I had people yeah. going to their channel saying bad things and then saying that i they're from here from my channel so yeah. then they email me saying hey i'm going to copyright strike you if you don't take this down because of that yeah so i mean there is that influence that we have on on our viewers whether yeah i mean I, the thing is the inf i want to influence them to be nice but then you still have those people that do what they want to do and it sucks yeah um, yeah, I try, yeah, I try to tell people so much where it's like, hey, uh, I, well, first of all, I try to not link to anybody that I'm not promoting a positive message about because it's like, like you said, for some reason, a lot of people's gut reaction is to like go to the content and kind of just start saying really nasty things, which is really unfortunate. And that's, I never want that to happen. So you got to be careful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're being mindful of that. Yeah. yeah. And the with the whole Zen thing, I guess. Um, it, it's from the comment thing, but then it's also from the firefighting. It's the whole after action report review. And we would actually mm. watch firefighters fall through roofs. And then, you know, from that footage that three of them died and the other one oh, got severely burned. Shit. So we'd watch it and be like, okay, why did this roof collapse? What was the scenario? What was the setting? You know, it was 10 minutes after the fire started. So it's already in the attic. So it's tile roof. They were standing all 
three, four of them are in one spot. So you learn from it and then pol new policies, new standards come from that. So that's what I'm trying to bring to my audience is like, hey, we're watching these people crash. It's first person view sometimes. So it's actually, you can kind of relate to it. And this is why it crashed. And let's take away the fact they're doing a wheelie. Let's, 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 let's grab what that uh, they lost traction. So why did they lose traction? Here's what, how traction works. Yeah. And that's kind of what I took from my fire and EMS background. And a lot of people like it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people want to, it's the whole culture of those big channels of the crash compilations of let's talk crap about these people yeah. and laugh at them. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. So yeah i feel like that's the easy way out you know it's the, the easy thing is to just pull up something and just make fun of it and just you know you know uh, rip someone apart it's it's much more difficult to be positive and to try to pull something positive out of that video so i think you're doing a great job with that yeah. thanks thanks and and at the end of the day it's like your reputation too so i mean i i'm sure you don't want to be known for that like if you started ripping on people with the top 10 top five lists of cr crappy drivers and why they're crappy then you'll be known for that and yeah. your community that you've built up is just going to be like, all right, I'm not here for that. And then now you have this yeah. toxic community that supports you. It's like, so I, 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 that's why I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing with the, the entertainment and info and focusing only on specific topics that will help somebody in some way and not take away from somebody. So I, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. I, I like that. That's why I've been su supportive since August 20th. 28th, 2016 at 7.24 p.m. or a.m. That's yep. when I sent that email. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I, I, well, let me ask you this. What, um, like, besides the, the kind of crash review content, what, what else are you kind of thinking about making? Uh, 20, kind of, I mean, I, I, I'm sure 2020 for you has, like, this nice list of ideas that you want to push out. And I kind of want to do the same. Um, I, I do take uh, cues from different YouTubers, and, and especially you, because um, I've asked about your your website and all that stuff. I'm actually in the process of building a website, um, motorcycle training concepts. And my main thing there is like, what is it that other people aren't doing that I think would benefit riders? And I want to develop e-courses for them. Relatively inexpensive compared to like, you know, crazy classes for $300. But I want yeah. it to, that's something that they can use. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Um, you just keep rotating your ideas and finding different ways to deliver them but that and man you know what'd be super crazy is if you could figure out a way to make like some sort of like app-based motorcycle training thing that's like a supplement to like the msf or all that kind of stuff yeah. i feel like, like nothing's ever going to replace uh you know like you know someone being there in person and teaching you but if you could get someone to like hey, put up your phone in this location and like make a quick little video of you doing like a U-turn and then like you'll get reviewed by someone. It's, it's obviously, it doesn't scale very well. It's a little, it's a little labor intensive, but I think um, if you could maybe figure out some way for that to be powered by a machine would be cool. I think that would be super, super cool. Or, or just make it to where it doesn't scale very well, but then uh, make it very exclusive, I guess, where you just only bring in 10 people for a six-week training session. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I've thought of that. Um, from my personal training background. So before I started making YouTube videos on motorcycling, I was actually a power lifter and was a personal oh, trainer. Sure, cool. So yeah. I see from the uh, fitness industry on Instagram, you know, how they are creating workout plans and these apps. So that that's something that I thought about. I definitely don't have the expertise. So this is where hiring somebody with it would be beneficial. Yeah. I just got uh, a VR headset. And while I'm doing the Beat Saber thing, 
it i it sounds weird but i'm relating it back to motorcycling the farther you see ahead the better reaction time you have so i'm thinking to myself man is there something that i could like can i make a vr game where somebody's on a motorcycle and then just you, you really have should i've actually up. played that, that beat saber game and i if i remember correctly you have like the two little batons two yeah little VR, two little vr headsets you could easily just flip those and then boom that's a throttle that's your other handlebar and it could be like someone's primer into motorcycling so if you can figure that out that would be sweet. I mean, with directional uh sound so i mean like you're coming up to a uh, a stoplight you hear some screeching behind you with the directional sound you can you know you kind of do this and yeah, I have all these different ideas. Definitely don't have all the resources for them, but I completely agree with you. Can't replace in-person, physical, kinesthetic touch of a motorcycle no, 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 and riding. Yeah. So yeah. everything I do is to complement that. And I have to deal with uh, copyright issues and stuff because I am an MSF rider coach. So I can't take their stuff and make content, especially for my website and all that. So I have to yeah. like figure out how I'm doing things. Um, but yeah, I definitely for 2020, I want to just go back to being an influencer, I guess. That's a, that's a disgusting word, I think, sometimes. Oh, it's such a bad word, isn't uh, it? Yeah. I, I prefer content creator and yeah, with a following, I guess. Um, but I, I want to focus back on that because I think I strayed away a little bit too much and wanted to be more of an instructor. And I want to go back to being a personality because I feel like there's that disconnect. Um, but that, so this year I'm going to be doing that. I'm focusing on just the community itself. I don't care about yeah. any of the other stuff now. I think, I think a lot of people are, are kind of getting to that point. I actually watched uh, chase on two wheels, like 2019 year in review video, or like he calls it like his radio silence. He'll put out a video and then be like, Oh, I'm going to go away for a little bit. And he was talking about that too. He's like, I felt like, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm paraphrasing from the video. He was like, um, I feel like I spent a lot of time this year worrying about numbers and the shows and the giveaways and all that stuff we're working on. I, I feel like I didn't put enough of myself into this. And he was like, for 2020, I just want to have fun. I just want to enjoy myself and make content. And I like really resonated with that. I was like, dude, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I just want to, you know, put out content that I feel proud about and have fun again. Not to say that I haven't been having fun, I've been having a lot of fun. But I feel like when it comes to the videos, I've we've been like, really kind of trying to make them as you know big as possible as many views as possible um and i think that injecting more of that fun and energy back into it will yield better results for the audience they see that they definitely see that they know that you're having mm -hmm. fun and then they're having fun with it um and i've noticed that with some of my videos where i try something new. i'm constantly trying something new on uh, delivery and and topic and if it's a topic that i'm like oh i'm okay at it and i'll and i'll do it and I see how it's not working as well. Less yeah. comments, you know, maybe the same amount of views, but the engagement's different. And then the, it dies after two, three days compared to the evergreen content. Yeah. Um, back to Chase on Two Wheels, man. There's some old school, I, I guess old school, like motive vloggers that are still around. But then I just, I kind of look around and I'm like, the people that I used to watch are just gone. And I'm like, how do I have yeah. more views than these guys when... They've been around this. It just it baffles baffles me a little bit, and I think that's why I really like the fact you got a team because it's not just I'm doing this, and then if I burn out, then my channel's dead. Like if you're just like yeah. I'm gonna take a two week vacation and feel okay about it because I have a team that's setting things up for me. I honestly think yeah. that's how you survive. Um, Absolutely, it, it is fascinating though. To your point, there's like a lot of guys that used to like do the motovlog stuff and just 
you know, I don't really like. I personally, I don't know why they're completely gone. Yeah, I don't get it either. I, I there's probably like a lot of reasons behind it, and I'm sure if we dug in, we could probably figure it out. But I, I think like just to kind of you know armchair speculation here, I really think that it's like maybe the audience just outgrew the content they were making, and they kept making the same stuff over and over again, and then you know people are like, well, I've kind of seen you do this. It's time to move on. And also to your point about the evergreen content, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's something that I'm always thinking about where I'm like, the video we're putting out, you know, is this gonna get views a year from now, two years from now, or is it just gonna be a flash in the pan? Because yeah. for me, it's so much more beneficial to put out a video that, you know, maybe it gets, you know, 30, 40,000 views in the first week, but is going to accumulate views over a lifetime. Yeah. Know? That, that's, and I think that's, that's where I think that's where your videos do really well because like you know motorcycle safety is never going to go out of style. It's never it's, if someone's interested in that, they're always going to check it out. You know. Yeah, and that's why I'm trying to do. I'm going. That's why I'm going back to some more of the 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 not list videos, but the tip videos, and then doing a few of the after action reviews every week. Because um, yeah. I did notice. I mean, I experimented with it. It's like I got a lot of views doing it five days a week. But then I'd look back at the videos and it's like, well, they're dead now. It's just that one interest of that day. And yeah. I do agree with the evergreen stuff. It's like, that's your foundation. And then now you can add in some fun stuff that you know is not going to do very well, but it's the community really wanted you to do it. But then you're okay because yeah. you have, you know, a video from two years ago still getting like 30 views a day or an hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've noticed uh, people just kind of die out. And I agree with the, the, people get tired of it that's kind of where i was talking about with the crash videos they got tired of it um seeing it every yeah. day so now it's okay to see it every so often but then let's move on and rotate how we do things and yeah. I, for some reason tip or list videos they they stayed they're constantly good like they're they dude yeah i i don't know what it is about ranking things in numerical fashion but it, yeah it just seems to really work um and it's just we just keep making them because people watch them, you know. That's the thing is like you you found it like it's it. I don't think it's ever really died since you started doing it. And there's been like not really twenty different things I've tried that each one's died every quarter, <laughs> and I have to keep trying new things. <laughs> um, so now I'm going back. I mean, I've I've done three years worth of twenty like twenty different things. Now it's like okay, now let's go back to the first one I tried, and like that one works yeah. now again. You know, so it's like almost I, I have a three year plan of just constantly going back and forth back and forth using what works um yeah uh, are you allowed to film whenever you do the msf classes or the rider courses or no i can i can film so i i work with uh riders on mtc down here in tucson uh -huh. and i'm friends with the owners and they're like go film do it come over here when we're teaching and film i think that where it gets a little sketchy is that if i utilize or i film uh, verbatim stuff, you know, the MSF has in the range cards or in class. So, I mean, I can take snippets, um, but I'm, I'm currently working with, uh, or engaged with, uh, some of the people higher up in the MSF seeing what I could do. I'm yeah. trying, man. I'm finding where my niche lies. And I think diving into that influencer and that's what they want to call us, but really diving into, this is my audience. I do have some type of respect when it comes to my voice and how do I use that? And I want to use that for good. So I think they yeah. recognize that. 
progressive and all of them recognize it. No, I, th I think you got you got to keep experimenting with it. I I'm I'm glad to see that you keep trying new stuff. I think the crash review videos have been, correct me if I'm wrong, like one of the most successful things that you've put on the channel, right? Like I've seen you racking up some good views from those. Yeah, yeah it went from, and then I, it came back down just because people got tired of it. But yeah, it it doubled. Yeah. It almost it almost tripled my views. Um, and that's good because yeah. that means there's more eyes on a safety topic. And that's all I cared yeah. about. So, yeah. Yeah, but maybe if you do them like maybe once or twice a week, that's kind of the, the golden ratio for it or something like that. But um, I those those have been some of the best for me to that you've put out, honestly. Like, I, I really like those. Yeah. Cool, cool. I'm trying to figure out how to make yeah. them work, and it seems like they're working. So I'll keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. Where did you, where did you uh, I was going to ask a totally random question. Where did you get that sleek uh, Discord hoodie that you have? Oh, you have to be Discord partnered. You have to be partnered oh, with them. How do you do that? You have to, I forgot how to do it, but it's like a thousand members in your in your thing, over a hundred thousand YouTube. You could probably apply for it. If you apply for Discord partnership, you'll probably get it. And then you get a, uh, this is like the trophy you get for it. So, oh, shit. yeah, go do it, man. Nice. You got a, you got a pretty cool server. You got a lot of people in there. So the hoodie looks cool as hell. Yeah, I want it. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm not wearing it because, you know, here, plug in my uh, Discord server, but, um, but yeah, I actually. No, it's, no, it's just like the Tascams. You're just flexing. You're just like, look at my cool ass hoodie, and you want to see all my rock form uh, mounts that I have. <laughs> I'll show you all the ridge wallets I have. <laughs> Can you send me a Manscape razor or something? I would love to have one. Oh uh, yeah, I'll send one used. It'll be higher in value. Oh, sweet. I'll never use it then. Um, I'll yeah. just put it on my wall back here, my bare wall. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's you. You could easily do that, dude. The Discord server. I think it's really cool to have. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a Discord server. So yeah, I like yours. Yours is fun. They, they're all pretty, yeah. they're all sarcastic and snarky in there. But it's, yeah. we can tell that they don't mean it. So, yeah. yeah. Cool, man.